Thank you. Hello. Um, so, as Martin said, I'm Emma. Uh, I've been a member of Barnabas for about five to six years now. Um, and he also mentioned that I'm one of the youth leaders here. This situation of a Sunday morning is very new to me and slightly scary. Um, but I have had the privilege of speaking to our young people, which is just amazing. And that's because they are amazing. So I was asked to do some reflections on Luke, and we were given a number of passages we could choose from. Um, I had a look through. I wasn't sure what I was going to go for. And um, I noticed the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus, and my initial thought was, well, Zacchaeus is quite a short guy, and I also am quite a short person. So maybe as I research it, I will find some sort of connection with Zacchaeus. Um, But actually, as I read it through um, and spent some time looking through it, praying through it, I came to realize that actually the story of Zacchaeus is all about Jesus. And what I love about it is what it teaches us about Jesus, what it teaches us about who he is, what his heart is for us, what he thinks about us, how he responds to us. And that ultimately is the reason why I went for the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. So the passage is in Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. It will come up on the screen. Um, Just to explain, I'm going to use the New Living Translation today. There is a reason I've chosen that version over the NIV, which hopefully will become a bit more clear as I go through. So starting at verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. So I'm going to begin by giving you a bit of context about Zacchaeus and that time. So the passage tells us that Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector, which means that he would have been in charge of the other tax collectors in the town. And when the Romans would take over a town or a city, they would choose um, somebody from the city, or they would ask somebody from the city, a native, maybe somebody who'd grown up there, um, to be the tax collector instead of a Roman official. Because That way, the person collecting the taxes might know a little bit more about where the money in the city is and where you can get it from. So Zacchaeus would have been told an amount 
by the Romans that they wanted, get this amount for us. And then he would have been told, whatever you can get beyond that, you can keep. It's yours. So Zacchaeus, in effect, is stealing and taking from his own people, from his community, from people he would have grown up with. And he would have been a despised and a hated man. He would have been called a thief and a traitor. He would have been rejected by his community. He would have been very much an outsider. Nobody would have liked him because of the job that he did. Now, it is through Zacchaeus' choice that he has this job. He has made the decision to be a tax collector or the chief tax collector. Um, It's a job that is legal in the eyes of the law, but um, is wrong in the eyes of God because it's stealing and it's taking from people. Um, However, you may have heard the saying that all behavior has a reason. And I think that there must be a reason why Zacchaeus chose that job. Now, for those of you that don't know, I'm a primary school teacher, and all behavior has a reason is part of your training. You are told um, that you need to find out why children behave the way they do, and you need to help them in that situation. Um, Now, in my experience, children do things wrong for lots of different reasons. Uh, Sometimes they do things wrong just because they want to, because it's fun, because they like it, it's exciting, it makes them feel better, it makes them happy. Um, And sometimes because they think they'll just get away with it, they can do what they want. So I have a story of a boy in my class who um, had some sweets. And he knew that I didn't know that he had these sweets. And he asked to go to the toilet to go and eat his sweets. Now, I didn't know, but another child in the class came to me and told me, oh, he's in the toilet, he's eating his sweets. So I was like, oh, right, what shall I do? So I decided I'll just go and stand outside the toilet and see what happens when he appears. Um, So I waited for a little bit, and he came out with the biggest bulge in his cheek. He had shoved three sweets in his mouth in one go, and he walked through the door, saw me, jumped, and immediately spat out his sweets and handed them to me, Um, which was lovely. Um, But in that situation... That little boy knew that he had done something wrong. By his response, he knew that he'd done something he shouldn't. And he'd done it because he really liked sweets, and he wanted to eat them, and he he was happy eating them, and it was a bit exciting to do it without the teacher knowing, Um, and partly probably because he thought he could just get away with it. My question is, do we ourselves sometimes do stuff that we know is wrong, but we do it because we want to, because it's fun, because we like it, it, we enjoy it, because it makes us happy? Do we sometimes try to justify our sin as being okay because of how we feel when we do it? Maybe this is what Zacchaeus was like. Maybe he just really liked money, and he really liked the luxury that money brought And maybe he liked the power that he had over people. And maybe that's just why he chose to be a tax collector. He just enjoyed the money, the luxury, the power. On the other hand, sometimes there's sin in our lives 
that comes to be there because of a circumstance or a situation or an experience we've had that sometimes is beyond our control but has caused us to fall into sin. For example, Zacchaeus, he was a noticeably short guy. What was it like for him when he was growing up? Was he made fun of? Was he picked on? Was he called names? Did he grow up feeling rejected by the people around him? Is that what led him into choosing to be a tax collector? Because it meant he had some power over the people that had made him feel like that in the first place. We don't know. The Bible doesn't specifically say why he's done that job. But it's interesting to think about it. And the fact is, for whatever reason Zacchaeus has chosen to do that job, he is doing a job that is wrong in the eyes of God and is ultimately not God's best for him. Maybe we fall sometimes into things that are wrong because of a situation or a circumstance or an experience that we've had. Maybe it's because of the way somebody's treated us and we've caused to behave wrongly because of it. But for whatever reason we have to justify our sin, it's still wrong in the eyes of God and ultimately that means that it's never going to be God's best for us. However, my favorite thing about this passage is how Jesus responds to Zacchaeus and therefore how he responds to us in the midst of our sin, in the midst of our mess, in the midst of the mistakes that we make. Jesus responds to Zacchaeus by noticing him, by stopping for him, by accepting him, and by inviting him into a relationship. So Zacchaeus has climbed a tree to see Jesus. He wanted to know what was going on. He couldn't see. There was a big crowd. They were all there to see Jesus. And Zacchaeus climbed a tree just so he could catch a glimpse. He wasn't drawing any attention to himself. He wasn't shouting at Jesus, look at me, Jesus, look at me. He, he just wanted to see what was going on. So Jesus is walking through Jericho and he notices Zacchaeus. Now, I thought about this, and I thought, when I walk somewhere, I look directly ahead of me. It's very rare that I would look above and notice. But Jesus notices Zacchaeus. Not only does he notice Zacchaeus, but he stops. Jesus was simply passing through Jericho. He didn't necessarily have plans to stay there. He was passing through on his way to Jerusalem, where he knew that within the next week he was going to face death. So despite what he knew he was about to face, despite all those thoughts and feelings that might come with that, he still took the time to stop for Zacchaeus and to show Zacchaeus that he cared. Not only did he notice him and stop, but he called him by name. And that was the reason why I chose this passage, because it specifically says, and called him by name. And that when you call somebody by their name, it's a sign of intimacy, it's a sign of you know them. And Jesus knew exactly who Zacchaeus was, and he knew all the bad stuff that Zacchaeus had done, and he knew what his job was, and he knew that he was the hated and the despised man in the town, that nobody really liked him, 
And yet, out of all the people, he stopped for Zacchaeus and he called his name. Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' home. And he invited himself to spend some time with Zacchaeus. In those days, if you were going to go to someone's house to share a meal, it would be a sign of very intimate fellowship. Jesus was inviting Zacchaeus, the most hated, despised, and rejected man in the town, the thief and the traitor, into an intimate relationship with him. And this is what he does for us. In the midst of our sin, in the midst of our mess, and the mistakes that we make, he calls our name, and he invites us into a relationship with him. He sees us, and he accepts us as we are in that moment. He sees the mistake, the mess, and he makes time for us, and he calls our name, and he invites us closer to him, and he loves us, and he accepts us despite it all. He does this the first time we ever encounter him. So there's always going to be a time, the first time that you hear Jesus calling your name and you respond to him. But I believe he does it continuously for us as well. Because I don't know about you, but I still mess up. I still make mistakes. But he still notices me and he still calls my name. And he still invites me closer to him and accepts me in the midst of who I am. Sometimes that can be quite an overwhelming and even a difficult thing to believe that Jesus wants me and accepts me and he wants all of us. Um, A few years ago, um, I'd been a Christian for about 10 years and I made a decision to start dating a non-Christian guy. Now, I knew at the time that God was like, Emma, that is not the best thing for you. But I tried to justify my sin as being like, well, it will be okay because it makes me happy and I need this right now. And, you know, I I just want to be happy. And I tried to justify it in that way, even though I knew that God was like, that's not the best thing for you. Um, So I, I dated this guy for about a year and I knew the whole year it was like this horrible feeling because I could never get away from God calling my name. And like I would avoid church and I would avoid my Christian friends because I'd be like, I just don't want to hear about God right now. But he didn't give up and he pursued and he continued to call my name. And if I ever did go to church, I would feel like the talk was just for me. Like I was like, oh, somebody's told them. Um, Or like if I did hang out with my Christian friends, they would challenge me and you know, I just knew, I just knew God was like after me and he still wanted me. Um, And eventually after a year, I just came to this place of like, I couldn't ignore the call anymore. Um, And so I was like, yeah, God, that's it. I want you. And the relationship ended. Um, But then I went into this like period of time where I just couldn't get over that I'd disobeyed God. Like, I felt like I'd been so bad. I was like, why, why would he still want me? And why would he still choose me? And why would he still even like me when I didn't listen to him? Um, but I realized that what God was doing, um, he was responding to me just like he does to Zacchaeus in this passage. He wasn't wagging his finger at me, telling me what a naughty person I'd been and how upset he was with me. He just accepted me in the midst 
of my sin and my mess. And he loved me. Despite the fact I hadn't listened to him and I'd done something I knew he didn't want me to do. And he just called me to him and called me into a deeper relationship with him. In that situation, I took quite a long time to respond to God. I took a year. Um, And it took me a long time to receive the acceptance that he had for me. But I've learned from that situation. And from this passage, I've learned that the best way to respond when we hear him call our name is just like Zacchaeus did. So to respond quickly and to respond with joy and with excitement. It's good to respond quickly so that we don't wallow in our self-pity, we don't deal with unforgiveness of ourselves, that we just respond quickly and deal with it, and that's it. To respond with joy and excitement. Because when you realize the depth of how accepted you are and how loved you are, what else can you do but be excited and happy about it? I bet Zacchaeus was so used to being hated and despised by everybody around him that the moment Jesus called his name, he just didn't know what else to do but jump down from that tree and drag Jesus to his house. And I just have this image of like Zacchaeus grabbing Jesus' hand and literally pulling him to his house and Jesus sort of having to skip and keep up with him because he was completely overwhelmed that somebody wanted him and accepted him. He felt the depth of Jesus' acceptance of him, and he had no hesitation in taking hold of it. When we realize the extent of his acceptance and his love for us, that is when we respond like Zacchaeus. We cannot wait to spend time with Jesus and get to know him better. Do we realize the depth of his acceptance for us? Do we hear him calling our name and and inviting us into an intimate relationship with him? I love what happens next. Because when we allow Jesus in, when we accept his invitation, you never know what he's going to do or what's going to happen. Because when Jesus calls our name, he not only accepts us as we are in that moment, but he sees who we can become and he sees who we can be through our encounter with him. In Zacchaeus' case, he had a radical transformation where he made a decision to give half his wealth to the poor and then pay back four times as much from those people he had stolen from. And that was radical. First of all, he was a rich, wealthy man who has never cared about his job. He's never cared about what he's been doing never bothered him because he was doing the job of a tax collector. And yet suddenly, he's changed and he wants to give away half of his wealth to the poor. And then on top of that, he wants to pay back four times as much from the people he's took taxes from and cheated from. And this would have been quite rare. The Levitical law, which stood at the time, the normal thing would be that you would repay what you owe, plus 20% on top. Well, he's just gone above and beyond and said, I'll give back four times as much. What is going on? Like, what has happened to Zacchaeus? The man who is known as a thief and a traitor, 
What's happened to him? He had an encounter with Jesus. And when you've had an encounter with Jesus, you can't help but be changed. Zacchaeus spent some time with Jesus. And it was through spending time with him that he realized that what he'd been doing wasn't right. And he wanted to make amends for it. Jesus didn't once tell him, I'll be friends with you, I'll accept you if you, you know, repay everything. He ne- never once said that to him. He doesn't say that in there. Jesus, in this passage, doesn't mention Zacchaeus' job or what he's done. But Zacchaeus spent time with Jesus. And because he'd encountered him, he had a transformation. Jesus is so amazing and so perfect that when we spend time with him, we can't help but become more like him. We can't help thinking like him and behaving like him, doing the things that he would do. It's like when you spend time with Jesus, he rubs off on you. Have you ever had a friend or spent time with somebody and they started to rub off on you in a good way? So I have a friend, a really, really good friend, and um, the way we became friends is she was my teaching assistant for a year. Um, and this friend, uh, she's really calm, you know, and quite chilled in quite stressful situations. And it has been known that in a school situation, I sometimes can be a little bit stressed out. Um, and there would be times when I would like burst into the classroom and be like, we've got to do this, and we've got to put up this display, we've got to mark those books, and we've got to get this done, and this, and this, and we're just never going to do it, and I just want to go home. Um, and she was always so lovely, and she, she was so good, because she would, usually she would like sort of push me into the cupboard to calm me down, which the cupboard is a walking cupboard, it's not a small cupboard, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's a walking cupboard, it's a really big cupboard, so we would go in the cupboard, she'd be like, get in there, let's sort you out, um, and she would be like, it's okay, it's going to be okay, I'll do this, you do that, we'll do this bit together, we'll get it done, it's okay. And I had a year of her <laughs> shoving me in the cupboard, and calming me down, um, And she started to rub off on me because by the end of that year, I wasn't fully sorted, but I definitely was more chilled about things that previously I might have got really stressed out about. Like she'd rubbed off on me. And that's what happens when you spend time with Jesus. All this good stuff, he's all good. It rubs off on you. Now, I would like to think that Jesus knew that if Zacchaeus was going to accept his invitation to go to his house, which Zacchaeus did, I bet Jesus knew what was going to happen. I bet he knew that Zacchaeus was going to have this transformation. Because I think when he looked at Zacchaeus and accepted him and loved him as he was, he looked at him and could see who he could become. He looks at each one of us, and he accepts us as we are. But the whole time, he can see the potential of who we can become, of who we can become in him and through him and with him. I love that verse in Matthew 19, 26, where Jesus himself says, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. To the eyes of man and the people around Zacchaeus, the people he took money from, the people he cheated, he, 
they probably would have looked at Zacchaeus and thought, that man will never change. He will always be like that. He will always be this horrible guy that takes our money and treats us badly. But then suddenly, Zacchaeus has an encounter with Jesus, and he's completely different. And he changes almost unrecognizably. And I feel a little bit disappointed that we don't hear about the rest of Zacchaeus' life because I know that God would continue to have changed Zacchaeus because it's a continuous thing that he calls our name and he accepts us and he changes us again and again and again whenever we're willing. It makes me really excited, actually. It makes me really excited to see how the things that I think are impossible are going to become possible with God. It makes me excited to see a move in my family, in my friends, in the youth. Like, you just never know what he's going to do. What is he going to do in us and through us and with us? And my encouragement to you is that God can do anything if we are willing to let him. But the challenge in it is, are we willing? Have we told God lately that we're willing? Because he's always willing. He's always ready to accept you. He's always ready to encounter us and to move in ways that we never thought possible. So when we reflect back on this passage... There are some things that we can think about. First of all, no matter how we try to justify our sin, it's wrong in the eyes of God. And ultimately, it's not God's best for us. Are we sitting in a place of justifying our sin? Secondly, we have been noticed, we've been called by name, and we've been accepted by Jesus despite the wrong things that we've done? Do we really recognize that we've been called by name? That we are acceptable to him, even maybe sometimes when we're not to ourselves or to the people around us? When we encounter Jesus, we can't help but be changed. What are we doing with our encounter of Jesus? What is our expectation? If he can turn a thief and a traitor into the most generous man in the town, what more can he do with us? I'd just like to end by reminding you of what Jesus himself says. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Thank you.